Sam, thank you so much for being here. We are happy to have you here. Now that you're here, tell us what in the wide world is happening. Okay, what happened today with this vote? And as you see what the NCAA Board of Governors handed down, particularly as it pertains to the administration of full sports championships and their list of requirements, what do you think that says to you? And what are you hearing from administrators around the country about the viability of football this fall? Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild few days, <laughs> to say the least. Um, I mean, going all the way back to Sunday uh, when I was reaching out to uh, some FCS officials from different conferences and teams, uh, kind of get a vibe on what's going to happen at the Board of Governors meeting. Uh, there was a ton of uncertainty, and you know, a lot of a lot of the the people I talked to said that there is a growing sense that the vote is is going to get delayed, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, I mean, last night we learned that uh, a decision was going to be announced this morning. Uh, later on last night, uh, then we also learned that um, that they might that this that the board of governors might not vote at all. And then uh, just you know the the news that broke uh, this morning is the the board uh, basically said they're going to leave it up to each division, uh, which I think um, I think it makes sense for the board of governors to do that to let division one decide their fall championships, division two, division three. Uh, but I think they should have came up with this this with this decision two or three weeks ago, you know, I, to me, it didn't make sense for the board of governors, which is a 25 member board, uh, with only three rep, three FCS representatives. It didn't make sense to me for them to decide how the FCS playoffs, how it's going to happen. So for them to move it down to have the division one council decide that makes sense because I think half of that council, uh, there's 40 members on that council. Half of them come from the FCS or come from an FCS school. Um, so it, like I said, it does make sense for the Division One Council uh, to make this decision. Uh, I just think, you know, they 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 should have been given the reins two or three weeks ago. Uh, then maybe we would have an answer uh, by now. So um, I know there's a lot of growing frustration, uh, especially with players, both coaches as well, and athletic directors, that this keeps on getting pushed back. But ultimately, what I think is going to happen is. You know, each conference is going to have their president's call, and rather quickly, they're, they're going to have to decide. Uh, I mean, how many teams from our conference uh, are able uh, to play this fall and uh, and can commit to playing this fall? And then from there, I mean, it could be eleven out of the eleven Valley teams. It could be nine out of the thirteen Big Sky teams that can play this fall. There's twenty. You know, maybe it's five out of nine SoCon teams. There's twenty-five, and we just you know we find out conference by conference. All right, this this. This is how many teams from this conference can play. Um, and then we get a sense of, you know, is that 45% of the teams, 50%, 60%. Um, and, you know, if, if it's more than 50%, then, then, then we'll have a playoff. So I think the, 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 the visual and council, in my opinion, isn't really going to make a decision. They're just going to gather all the teams that can play this fall uh, from the FCS and, and do a little bit of math and figure out if it's above or below 50%. Speaking of the Division One Council, uh, from the Big Sky Conference pers- uh, perspective, the Big Sky Conference representatives are Montana Senior Women Administrator Jean Gee uh, from the University of Montana, as well as Northern Colorado linebacker Justice Latrell. He's the president of the uh, the Big Sky SAC Student Athlete Advisory Committee. Uh, but Sam, here's my question for you. I understand that we're still trying to piece this puzzle together. I think that the validity of playing in the fall is a much more realistic option for several of the schools that have among the most clout in all of the FCS, namely Montana, Montana State, North Dakota State, South Dakota State, South Dakota. Those are in uh, safe states. They're, I guess, safer 
in this strange world that we live in, whatever that might mm-hmm. mean now. But there are also schools that can benefit from playing in front of crowds. They actually make money when they play in front of home crowds. But we might have reduced crowds. So, twofold question. Financially, do you think it's worth it for these schools to make a run at it in the fall if they are going to be playing in front of a half-full at most stadiums? But secondly, if at a conference level, say the Big Sky Conference or the Missouri Valley Conference, move the playoff to the spring or, or push for that narrative, is it possible we see a fracturing of the FCS? Because it seems to me that schools like in the SoCon and the Big South, they're going to make a run at this thing simply to keep their money games on the schedule and because it's just much more simple to play regional opponents. So where do you stand? Is it worth it playing in the fall from a financial perspective? And if it does move to the spring, is it possible we see a fracturing of this level of football? Yeah, I mean, I think that is an interesting question because, uh, I mean, two or three months ago, however long it was, you know, I was asked uh, about it on a different radio show, and I said uh, at that time I felt, you know, if, if the FCS had an option of playing in front of no fans in the fall or playing in front of 50, 75% or maybe even full stadiums in the spring, I feel like a decent amount of FCS teams would rather play in the spring. Uh, But now I get the sense that uh, teams are very, very motivated to play in the fall. Uh, You know, I know North Dakota State uh, really wants to play in the fall and they're fine with uh, the fact that maybe they're, maybe the Fargo Dome will only be 50% full. Uh, they know they will obviously take a revenue loss, but they think they can get by with, um, you know, having a 50% full stadium. Uh, you look down south, I mean, Chattanooga, the Citadel, Mercer, and BMI, uh, teams out of the Silicon that, that don't draw extremely well, but they are very determined to play in the fall. Uh, Charleston Southern, a team out of the Big South, uh, they came out and said, even if there isn't a playoff this fall, they are still determined to play this fall. Uh, and again, some of those teams I just mentioned, they don't draw huge crowds, but at the same time, you know, ticket revenue would, would probably be more in the spring for them uh, than in the fall. So that, that has been interesting uh, to, to see what I've gathered, that a lot of teams um, really want to play in the fall, even if that means the stands won't be full or any fans at all in the stands. But I think as far as maybe a split season or a fracturing of the FCS here this year, I think that that certainly is possible, especially when you consider the fact that six conferences are already postponing their season to the spring. Uh, the other seven still are currently proceeding as if they're going to play in the fall. But you know, like I said earlier, they need to come up with that definitive decision pretty soon, but I think there is a chance that, uh, you know, some teams will be playing this fall and some teams will be playing in the spring. And even if, let's say, the, the vote is or the, the decision is to have the FCS playoffs in the spring, I still do think there are going to be some FCS games being played this fall. See, I agree with that. That was going to be my next question is I, I think that there's an opportunity here if even say the big sky in the Missouri Valley moved to the spring and it's decided that the FCS playoff will be in the spring, I still do think there's a chance for teams to play what amounts to exhibition games or perhaps non-conference games based on availability in the fall and basically make it a two-part season. Say you have a you know Montana State versus South Dakota State sometime in September, or you have a Montana-North Dakota state sometime in September, and then circle back around and play your Missouri Valley slate if you're North Dakota state or, or your Big Sky slate if you're Montana or Montana state in the spring. Have you heard any rumblings about potentially getting at least a little bit of football activity in this fall while also then planning toward maybe having the full 
uh, competitive for a championship part of the season come in the spring? I do know that has been discussed uh, in FCS circles as far as, you know, what happens if, you know, would it be if, you know, scenarios lay out uh, in situations uh, happen where, you know, is there a chance that we could play some games in the fall and then finish up the season in the spring? Uh, that's all it is right now is conversations. Um, I think that is uh, a bit of a, you know, kind of on the, on the back burner right now as far as uh, scenarios that could play out. Uh, like I said, a lot of teams want to play this fall. But I think if push comes to shove, you know, there is an opportunity potentially for some regional teams to play some games in the fall, maybe even have your non-conference in the fall. Uh, and then finish up and play six more games in the spring. Uh, I I believe I don't know if this was a report or and it has been confirmed in the in the NAI came out with it. Um, but I believe the NAI uh, for football they're playing their playoffs in the fall or in the spring, excuse me. But they are allowing teams to play their games in the fall, and then you know if they qualify, they can come back and play again in the spring uh, for the playoffs. So Right, that's exactly I, what's happening that, in Montana. The Montana Frontier Conference schools okay. are going to play this fall, uh, but then if and when they qualify for the playoffs, I guess they'll have to sit around and wait how everybody see how everybody else does, but uh, yeah, then they'll reconvene in the spring for the playoffs. So yes, that's, that's happening uh, even here in the great state of Montana. Yeah, and I think that that that, that potentially could happen in the FCS where, where maybe some teams in the med, in the Midwest do get some games in uh, this fall of them. They finish up the spring season. Uh, in, they, they finish up the spring season when the playoffs happen in the spring. I know that has been discussed, but I don't think it, it's, it's gone too far um, in discussion points. Sam Herder joining us from Hero Sports. He's the subject of our ESPN roundtable presented by Paradise Falls. Along those lines, if there, are, if if schools and conferences are going to pursue a fall football schedule, how it, it seems to me that there has to be something like uh, uh, an agreement, conference to conference, that that you know the requisite number of schools to attri- try and approach that fifty percent number to get a fall championship is there. So are you aware of conversations, say, between Doug Elgin of, of the Missouri Valley and Tom Wistersill of the Big Sky, that they are having conversations that say, hey, man, like, I think we're going to try and go. How I think we got, like, you know, eight or nine schools together. Can you guys go? Can we play each other to fill dates? Is, is, are those conversations interconference-wide happening, as, uh, according to what you've heard? Well, we do know uh, that the the FCS Championship Committee uh, has met already today. Uh, they still might be meeting right now, but I know they had a meeting scheduled um, once the board of directors came out with, with their announcements. Uh, the, the FCS Championship Committee did uh, get on a call uh, together and met earlier today, um, and those you know have representatives from from each conference. So I think there is where those discussions took place. You know, as far as uh, you know, the, the big sky saying, yeah, you know, we, we feel this many teams can can play in the fall. Uh, it seems like the Valley, every team in the Valley uh, has kind of been arm in arm and, and the entire Missouri Valley Football Conference is ready to play this fall. Um, I, I feel like the Pioneer Football League, that would be a pretty big domino the fall because right now, they're scheduled. Uh, they're proceeding as if they will play this fall. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, an assistant coach uh, within the Pioneer Football League reached out to me and said, it's going to be very hard for our conference to play this fall because, I mean, the, 
the testing requirements require that we need to test every single week and we just might not have the money to do, to do that. So we might have to cancel just based off of money. Well, there's, I believe, eight to 10 teams right there in the Pioneer Football right. League that, that that would drop out. Um, and that would, I mean, obviously knock the percentage down. So I do think those discussions are uh, have been had today uh, within that FCS uh, leadership committee, the championship committee, uh, pretty much to just to get a gauge on, okay, you know, how what's your conference outlook like? I mean, how many teams realistically do you think can play out of your conference? And then uh, from there, just kind of <laughs> kind of piece things together from there. Uh, Sam, I want to ask you about that 50% requirement. Look, 50% is a nice round number. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but also... It, <laughs> It's, it feels so so arbitrary. Like, like wh- what difference does it make if there's 80% or 30% of the teams that are there if it comes to administrating what's already going to be a very atypical and very different set of fall championships to, to the NCAA? I mean, on one hand, maybe it makes sense just kind of on a surface level, but on another hand, it's like, well, hey, it's already weird. It's already going to be different. What do they care whether there's actually 50% of teams participating or something like, you know, 30% or something like, you know, more, more than that. I, I don't know where, where did that, what do you think about that? Am I, am I just completely off my rocker for calling <laughs> off 50% as being just like pulled from thin air somehow? Like what's the basis for that figure? No, I, I think you're on to something because, you know, I, I, I wish they would have, uh, they might regret using that language or, or using 50%. You know, maybe they should have used language of the, the Division One Council will evaluate the, the percentage of teams uh, that can play this fall and make a determination from there. Uh, just because, I mean, let's say the, the percentage of teams that want to play this fall is 40%, uh, but of that 40%, you have all the teams from the Valley, most of the teams from the Big Sky, including all the top teams. Uh, you have, you know, most of the top teams in the OVC, the SoCon, the Southland. You have James Madison out of the CAA. All those teams, all the top teams, uh, want to play for a playoff, and but it's only forty percent. Does the Division One Council say, "Oh, sorry, <laughs> it's it's not. It's under fifty percent, so uh, we can't play." So I, I do think you're onto something there. Where um, I, I guess I understand the fifty percent, just because you want to make uh, a, a, a that's a that's a fair number to have of you know, all right, at least half the teams. Uh, or at least half the the playoff qualifying teams uh, have to be playing this fall in order to have a playoffs. But at the same time, I mean, if no offense to the Pioneer Football League, but if but if you know those teams can't compete, I mean, that's that's going to drop the percentage down a whole lot. But I mean, it's weird that you know teams like you know Marist and Valpo that they might have a big say on whether North Dakota State and Montana. James Madison can play uh, for a playoff. Uh, I mean, like I said, no offense to those, to those teams, but no uh, those, fandom, those teams fine. Fact- We're those, on those teams aren't factors. <laughs> those teams aren't factors in the in the national picture. And if that whole if that whole league decides to not play this fall, um, I mean that could that that right there could be the deciding factor. Uh, you know, consider, considering some other teams and other conferences might have to drop out to to push that percentage down below fifty percent. To me, the most revelatory part of this entire uh, <laughs> disaster of organizational operation that we've seen is twofold. One, it's been very revealing, showing the way that the NCAA operates. Uh, for, for people that aren't in it every day like we are as sports journalists and, and sports broadcasters. But also, I'm always ranting and raving about how the, the FBS is less appealing to me because it's all about money. 
But I think we've now seen that all of sports and all of college sports are all about money, no matter what level we're talking about. And that's the craziest part about the 50% stipulation to me is like you're saying, Sam, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you can spin it however you really want. But at the end of the day, no team that has any realm of possibility to win the FCS National Championship has canceled yet, except for maybe if someone came out as a dark horse out of the CAA. But other than that, I mean, even the CAA powers, namely, I mean, I guess Towson could have been kind of good this year. But other than that, there's maybe a couple CAA teams that might have been able to rise up. But mostly, all the teams that would contend for a national title this year are still at least considering playing. So I guess my question for you, to kind of circle back around to what I already asked you, what do you think this indicates for the future of the FCS? Because I think, to me, this is basically drawing a line in the sand of the schools that do have viable, real, financially sustainable football programs and those that don't. It's it's going to be interesting to see the shakeouts uh, of all this, and especially when you when you're talking about you know fin- the financial part of it. And the FCS is so interesting that. Uh, the Montana schools, North Dakota State, James Madison, they depend on uh, ticket revenue to basically operate their entire athletic department. Uh, but then you have other teams that lose a ton of money <laughs> just by operating the football team. Uh, that costs the athletic department a lot of money in the FCS. It costs the school a lot of money in the FCS. So for some teams, for them to cancel the football season altogether, that's saving them money. Uh, so you have such you know, high and low extremes in the FCS uh, when it comes to money. Um, and that is uh, really the interesting part uh, when you dive into it. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what the fallout is. But, you know, there are some, I think there are some programs out there that have already been teetering on maybe dropping division or just dropping football entirely just because it is such a money pit and the, the teams haven't been competitive. And, you know, they're hanging on their Division One status by a thread. I think this might be the final nail where the athletic departments and the schools say, is it worth it to have a Division One football program? Uh, and, you know, we'll see if, if it gets to that extreme uh, down the road. But, you know, once this academic year wraps up and it's, there's going to be so much money lost um, that I think there's going to be a lot of tough decisions with, with football possibly being cut or other sports possibly uh, being cut. And that's, that's the, the tough thing that, FCS programs or just college programs in general have to weigh. I mean, you obviously have to do what's best for the players and their safety, but at the same time, you, you have to look at, you know, financial you know, stuff as well. And um, I think there is a, a good way to balance that, you know, making sure uh, looking out for your budget, but at the same time, uh, not being greedy uh, by money. Uh, that's one reason I do like the FCS is there. It, it's a more genuine level compared to the power five where a lot of things are driven by money. Uh, like you said, in the FCS, money is a big deal and does drive some decisions, but it's not to that, you know, greedy, you know, oily kind of gross feel to, to the Power Five decisions at some at some time or at, in some scenarios. So uh, yeah, the FCS is just a really interesting uh, subdivision when it when it comes to when it comes to stuff like that. When you look at it. Sam Herder joining us from Hero Sports, writes for Hero Sports, covers the FCS nationally here on the ESPN Roundtable, presented by Paradise Falls. And Sam, you you sort of outlined kind of what you anticipate happening, uh, uh, broadly speaking, but what do you think the reality is of, of a spring season? Like, 
really like there's so much that that first of all we don't know like the assumption that that will just be in a better place in virtue of it being later in time i don't know you know i I hope so obviously and i think there's some reasons to think that would be the case but that it's not as if that's anything like a foregone conclusion in my mind and also there's a lot of fcs kids that have a uh, you know a goal and a desire to be in the NFL, and that runs into everything that 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 happens there, from the combine to the play, you know, to the to the pro days, to the draft, and everything else. What 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 is the true viability of spring football? To, to interject on that really quick too, though, one thing you got to consider is it's not necessarily This is I, this is from administrators, at least at the Montana schools. It's not necessarily about being in a better place. And it's not even necessarily about having a vaccine. It's about being able to pay for the testing. That's the number one thing that these that these administrators are going to have to deal with now. It's so expensive. It's not in the budget. You didn't prepare for this. So I've heard that there's they're they're exploring playing games a game or two this fall simply to pay for the testing. The other thing that we got to remember. These are fall sports championship directives, not football directives, not FCS directives. This is 22 sports we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You can't just test football. you got to have tests for every single woman soccer player as well, every volleyball player. How do you make that money? You have to find a way to make the money. And so it's, it's not necessarily even about a waiting game or getting into a better quote-unquote situation. It's strictly about having the funds to be able to abide by these demands. Regardless. Yeah, and I think... I, I, I think I think that's a big reason the testing. Uh, that's a big reason why I'm not overly uh, optimistic about uh, you know about having this number of teams uh, playing this year above 50 percent. Just because I think a lot of teams are going to you know look at it financially and say we we simply can't afford to test uh, players every single week. You know I think I saw a number of you know if, if a football team at the FCS level had to test their players every week. In a season total, that would be close to half a million dollars, uh, and that, like you said, that's just not in the budget. Plus, you factor in that the, that the, the 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 ticket revenue isn't there either. So, I think playing in the spring is the last option. Um, but if that is the only option, I think that's that's what they're going to do. Um, and I, I do think that uh, it'll be a mess just with the NFL draft, and you know the, that'll mess with the fall of 2021 as well. Uh, but I think that's why teams are very determined to play uh, this fall if they can is because there's no guarantees that things are going to be better in the spring. And if you have the go-ahead from your conference and your, your school president and from health officials to play this fall, um, I do think teams will take advantage of that just to say, hey, we have an opportunity to play some games now. Uh, let's go ahead and do it and, and try to get as many games as possible in this fall. Well, Sam, I'll tell you what, man, we appreciate you being here. Uh, the insight, very, very helpful, uh, I think, at least in terms of where we're at here on the 5th of August. And uh, we appreciate you coming on, being with us as always. Sam Herter from Hero Sports. Go read him, heroesports.com. Follow him along on Twitter as well. Sam, thank you. All right, thank you, guys.